0: Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was. I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasic.com. That's auroralasic.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com. It's time to take a tour around the Pac-12 as we preview the upcoming college football season. You are looking live. Here's Ian Puck on your home for college football Saturdays. Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. UCLA Bruins, today's team we're talking about. Of course, we know the coach well. He used to coach right here at the BMAC in Seattle for all of one season. Before that, a DB's coach with the Seahawks. and Of course, a longtime NFL coach who seems to have found a home in Los Angeles with the UCLA Bruins, a team that returns 13 starters from a year ago. They lose 11, kind of depending on how you want to look at things. A ton of guys on defense are back, a lot of replacements coming up on the offense, but they do have Josh Rosen back for his sophomore year, true sophomore year, outstanding quarterback as well. In fact, really, if you look around the conference, the teams that are in the best shape as far as quarterback, easy to see. The two L.A. schools, uh, or one, one of the L.A. schools, I should say, the two Washington schools with Browning and Falk and, of course, Rosen at UCLA. And joining us from the Zeke's Pizza Hotline right now to talk about the Bruins from the L.A. Times, Ben Bulch, who joins us right now. Ben, how are you?
1: Very good. Thank you.
0: Did I get your name right? I, I apologize if not. Oh, absolutely right. Good job. Perfect. Well, paid professional sometimes. I fake my way through it. I appreciate <laughs> you joining us. I, I went through kind of the, the, the starters lost, returning starters, et cetera. Safe to say, defense the strength, at least in terms of returning players.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of returners, uh, and including one that I just wrote about today who um, only played one game last year, uh, Eddie Vanderdon's, uh defensive tackle, who was lost in the first game against Virginia with a uh, torn ACL, um, and, and they just were struggled against the run without him all season. I think they gave up like 198 yards a game on the ground, which was like 97th in major college football. Um, so getting him back is going to be huge. They basically return their entire secondary, uh, and they're so deep there that they're moving one of the guys who was key there over to the offense, Ishmael Adams, is going to be a a potential big play receiver. So um, I look for, you know, big improvement from the defense, and, and I might have to kind of carry them early in the season. But even though, you know, Josh Rosen's back, and, and, and that's going to be huge having that, that freshman year under his belt, um, they've got some questions at wide receiver and, and running back that I think um, could take them a little while to get going on that side. So I think the defense will might carry them a little while till those other guys get going, and then they should be a pretty balanced team.
0: Well, let's talk about the running back position because you know Rosen gets the headlines and, and rightfully so. A thirteen hundred and forty-three yard rusher, averaged five and a half yards a carry, and fourteen touchdowns last year. In in uh, Paul Perkins, the tailback is now gone. Who replaces him? Because I think that's just a huge, huge guy to have to find a way to replace.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely the big question. They've got three guys right now starting the season, and, and, you know, I, we were actually talked about it today, um, and there's really no separation there right now. They've got, uh, uh Nate Starks, uh, Soso, Jambo, and, uh, these guys are hard to pronounce, Olo, Run, Fun Me. I think, I uh, hopefully I'm
0: saying that right.
1: Oh, play um, by play man's
0: nightmare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so those three guys are going to kind of combine. Um, to, to try to carry the, the production that Paul Perkins had, who was the third-leading rusher in UCLA history. So that's a huge loss. And, you know, the, the sooner that one of those guys can kind of emerge and be the featured back, I think the better for everyone. Right now, I don't think they're anywhere near that. Um, they've all kind of got they had their moments in their early training camp practices, and then everyone's just waiting for somebody to step up.
0: Uh, ben Bolt joining us from the L.A. Times, talking UCLA Bruins. We take a tour of the Pac-12. Josh Rosen uh, along with Jake Browning, big stories, true freshman coming in last season, got better as year went on. He completed 60% of his passes, 3,600 yards, 23 touchdowns as well. Had just an outstanding season for UCLA. But, boy, I look up front, i got to wonder, here's a guy that loses three of his offensive linemen, loses Paul Perkins, as we mentioned, his top running back, loses a couple wide receivers as well, and Duarte and, and Fuller. How do they replace those guys and help Rosen?
1: You know, I think the offensive line is actually going to be a strength. Um, They're getting back a a center who, you know, missed pretty much the last season, but had played previously in Scott Quisenberry, and he's solid. But uh, outside on that offensive line, um, they're they're going to have uh, Connor McDermott and uh, Colton Miller, who are just these two huge blocks of granite on the offensive line, who I think are going to be really solid. Um, so I don't think, that, I think the offensive line will be, will be a strength. I, I do agree that uh receiver is going to be uh something that's going to need some working out. They, they have a ton of guys kind of fighting for, for, for uh, spots. here. Yeah, I mentioned Ishmael Adams is coming over from defense, really a, a a kind of a, an undersized guy, five feet eight. He looks, he looks like a defensive back cause he was one, but you know, they're they're looking for him to be a playmaker and they've got some, some much bigger guys like, uh, Eldridge Massington and, um, and Alex Van Dyke, who, who are, are big targets, and I think Josh Rosen's going to have some good chemistry with it. It's just going to take him some time in building
0: that rhythm. Interesting year last year in the Pac-12 to see the freshman quarterbacks come in and do what they did. And, I mean, you got a chance to watch Rosen. What is it that makes him special? What is it that kind of separates him?
1: Well, I think it's his, his ability, you know, as Jim Morris says, to make the NFL throw. I mean, he can just kind of thread that needle and, and make plays that other guys, particularly as young as he, he was, just can't make. Um, so I think the next thing you have to do is to do it more consistently and, and, and do it, you know, pretty much almost every, every series and, and then move the ball and be that guy who, you know, you know what you're going to get every time he throws the ball.
0: Uh, Ben, what are are the expectations for UCLA and Jim Mora and and maybe kind of give us up here in the Northwest? We know Jim well from his times, uh, obviously, with the Seahawks for a few years, an assistant, one year as a head coach. And, you know, being a a native from up here, playing at the UW, Jim Mora is a very familiar name. What's the climate like around Jim Mora in that program? Is there excitement? Is there pressure? Is it a combination thereof? What's it like down in L.A.?
1: You know, it's interesting, you know, they're UCLA is kind of enjoying a run of stability that I think has been unmatched since they had Terry Donahue who was here for twenty years in in nineteen ninety five. I mean, they've won ten games twice under Jim Moore and won the Pac twelve south, but there's there is a big butt attached to that, uh, and it's the fact that, you know, they really haven't gone to a major bowl game. They haven't won the conference championship and you know, last year they went eight and five, which was the worst season under Mora. So I, I think that there's a little bit of disappointment toward the end of all these seasons. They've pretty much gotten off the hot starts every year and then kind of fizzled out toward the end. So I think they want to see some carry through and really have that kind of breakthrough that, that leads them finally, you know, getting into at least a major bowl or, or you know, having a shot to, to, to be in one of those final four uh, football playoff
0: teams. It just felt like a Jekyll and Hyde team last year. As you, as you say that, I look back, they've lost, they lost three of their last four uh, after starting out 4-0 in the year. They lost the, the tough one at home to Washington State when Falk let them down at the end of the game for a, a game-winning score with like a second left to go. They go back and they beat Utah, which was a ranked team at the time, number 18 Utah, but they get uh, handled by U- USC and, and also beat by a, not a very good Nebraska team in the bowl game. So, yeah, not a, be- not a good way to end the year for them last year.
1: Yeah, and the upside, though, I think going into this year is that they do have a tradition of, of starting strong. And looking at their schedule this year, I think three of their toughest four games are, are right off the bat. You know, yeah. you obviously have Texas A&M on the road, uh, UNLV at home should be easy, but you know, then they go to BYU, which is probably a little bit tougher than it sounds, just because it's it's in Provo, and then uh, the big one against Stanford here at the Rose Bowl. So if they can kind of replicate. Uh, Their hot starts from from under the Moore era, this would be a a good season to do it because then then the schedule eases up considerably.
0: Hey, Ben, I really appreciate your time today, Uh, folks up here in Seattle, as we try to get ourselves ready for the college football season. And I think the Pac-12 this year, I don't know about you, I think the Pac-12 this year is going to be really exciting week in, week out. I mean, maybe Oregon State is a team that's down. Colorado's still trying to find itself. Outside of that, it just kind of feels like another year, in which, you know, there might be some really good teams, and there's probably going to be some great parodies with some probably decent teams along the way as well.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think uh, almost every week you're going to have three or four games
0: that are just going to be must watch. Hey, thank you, sir. Have a great time uh, this year covering the Bruins, and we'll talk to you again.
1: Sounds great. Thank you.
0: There you go, Ben Boltz from the L.A. Times, UCLA preview. He mentioned that early part of the schedule. Uh, let me just point out, Washington does not see UCLA this year. Uh, the, the misses every year for teams is always kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of you cross your fingers and you hope you get a good miss along the way. I bet UCLA and Washington are both like, yep, yeah, I'm good with that along the way. Uh, Washington State plays UCLA in Pullman October 15th. But Ben talked about the start of the season for UCLA and Jim Moore at Texas A&M, the first weekend, Labor Day weekend, UNLV at home at BYU. Two of their three non-conference games on the road. Neither one of them easy. BYU and Provo, I, even with a new coach with Kalani Sataki at BYU, that's, that's going to be a battle. If, if they come out of there... Two and one or three and zero. It could be a nice year for Jim Moore because they've got Stanford and Arizona home back to back, September twenty first, twenty uh, fourth, and October first. And then I mentioned uh, after a trip to Arizona State, they go up to Washington State as well. It's I, I think UCLA is one of those those really true tweener teams this season. It, it could go either way for them. Last year it looked like it was going to go really well with that four and zero start. Two wins over ranked teams to start the year as well. They beat BYU, which was number 19 in the country, and they absolutely crushed number 16 Arizona in Tucson. If you remember that game, I want to say that was like a Thursday night game, 56-30. to 30. Maybe it was a Friday night game, but it was at 56-30 they killed Arizona, and then they promptly get beat by Arizona State, crushed by Stanford, bounce back for three straight wins, and then lose at home. The game that kind of crushed their dreams and and really screwed up their season, and then really kind of re- elevated Mike Leach and his team was a game at the Rose Bowl uh, there in early uh, late October, early November, and they lost twenty-seven or thirty-one twenty-seven. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend Dr. Jay Rudd at Aurora Lasik and auroralasic.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. need to check it out as well. Go to auroralasic.com. That's auroralasic.com. Dr. Jay Rudd, he is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's auroralasic.com for your refractive lens exchange.